Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. I hope if you're listening to this in your car, you just crashed. You just literally got into an accident. I don't uh, hope that. I well, I don't hope that. But if that's what you're dealing with right now, it is our fault. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jamie Loftus, and I'm Caitlin Durante, and this is the best episode of the Bechdel Cast ever. Oh. Oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've never been less excited about anything. I've been stewing in my juices for days now. I'm so <laughs> thrilled to be talking about a Star Is Born with our friend Anna Hosnier. Wow! I just I blew it. I blew my freaking. <laughs> What if I just needed my turn? <laughs> I was like, she's been vibrating at the table. Oh, oh, it's so good. I just, I, oh, every song is almost good enough to be a real song. The, like, <laughs> they are real songs. I, they're, but I, by the way, sad. I was like, this song actually kind of slaps, but it's not quite a real song. Mm. Oh, I love it so much. So, hey, hey, <laughs> here we are. We're the Bechtel cast. We talk about the portrayal and representation of women in film. Whew. We use the Bechtel test to initiate a larger conversation about hey, women in film. Hey, what's that? The Bechtel test yeah. is, it was founded, invented, created by cartoonist Alison Bechtel, and it requires that a movie... Yes. has two female identifying characters with um, with names. Uh, <laughs> they have to uh, talk to each other. <laughs> For at least a two-line exchange and Ugh. their conversation cannot be about a man. Well, good luck with this franchise. <laughs> okay, so wait, we should do a we should, a dry run of the Bechtel test. Okay, let's do it. Hey Caitlin, will you ask me a question and I'll ask you what to ask me? <laughs> wait, what? 
It's passing so far. Just okay. say my name. Okay. Hey, hey, Jamie. Okay, Caitlin. If I ask you to ask me a question and give you the copy, will you say? Will you ask me that question? Yes. Okay. Here's a question I want you to ask me. Okay. What do they have in Arizona? Hey, hey, Jamie. Yeah. What do they have in Arizona? Nuts, Navajos, and nowhere to go. <laughs> that was a long way, but that all passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, all yeah. passed. That passed the Bechdel. That was great. <laughs> Thank that you. That was the longest pass. <laughs> That's <laughs> like a full conversation with someone like, okay. okay In the history okay. of cinema. <laughs> yeah. I love, my favorite part about the Bechdel test is it doesn't have to be good writing. No. It just has to be writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, sad. <laughs> hey, should we introduce our guests? Yeah. Okay. I uh, sort of did. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, let's give her a proper introduction. A She's a friend of the cast. You've already heard her on our She's All That episode. Mm-hmm. She is one half of Ethnically Ambiguous, mm-hmm. and she's a producer here at How Stuff Works. Anna Hosnier. That's right. And I Do-do-do. sleep under the table every time you guys record. Little yes. Known fact. True. Little known fact <laughs> so so here we are talking about the 2018 a star is born oh sorry. i mean and this is quite a hot request mm-hmm. which i think is one of the only reasons caitlin agreed to do it <sighs> and also i i blackmailed you guys you, <laughs> i was like also, i will be the guest and that is that she, i do have a memory of you walking towards us <laughs> As you were like, we're going to do A Star is Born, right? (laughs) And then two nights later, we were in the theater, fully reclined. Guess what? I bought tickets ASAP. (laughs) I bought tickets for everybody. I was like, great, we're going. And sent us a paragraph-long Venmo request. Yes. It was like... I was was, prepping you. It was gorgeous. You guys had to like ask for my permission. You were like, please, can we do A Star is Born? Please. Because we knew you were going to do it. It was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, I'm not excited to see this. Like, that was the first thing you said when I got in the car. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Take a hit of weed. And you're like, no. I was like, weed gives me panic attacks. I'm very cool. You're going to love this movie, Kayla. Oh, man. Smoke weed in the back freaking seat on the way to Starsborn 2018. Okay. So, Jamie and Anna, you've both prepared, I would say, more than adequately. So, But I, I still feel... Completely all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Just to be clear. Got uh, it. Not in organized, prepared, but I have all the thoughts I need. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Anna, what is your history with this this film or the general A Star is Born so, franchise, if you will? I mean, as you know, this movie is a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake. Mm-hmm. And the original film was actually called What Price Hollywood, which was the original one who yeah. no one's seen because who cares? It was a Selznick joint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Who, um, little known fact, was the son-in-law of Louis B. Mayer of... Notorious the, rapist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. We could say that about of almost the, any male executive of that era, but... Yeah, he was a film executive and, and he... Yeah. <laughs> They're all rapists. They're all rapists. So then the film that was remade based off What Prize Hollywood was A Star is Born with Janet Gaynor. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that version. That I've was from 1937, yes, correct? 37. That's okay. a little too far back for me. I took a 30s film class in college, and I was like, yawn, enough of these Joan Crawfords, okay? <laughs> oh, yikes. And I, you know, I was never a fan of that whole censorship era. 
Oh, the I was production like, code. It uh, long. Cut. Well, it's, it lasted from the mid '30s till yeah. the late '60s. So yeah, and I no I, interest. I've seen the '37. Sorry, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, didn't commit. But I one of my favorite fun fact about that Star Is Born is Dorothy Parker helped write the script. Oh, interesting. Uh, it does feel like women usually are involved in writing the scripts, which is so interesting because the woman has no power. But. Um, <laughs> And then I saw the Judy Garland one a while back. Oh, it's, um, it's like three hours long. Mm-hmm. I recommend it if you like. Have three hours? Yeah. Have three hours or ate a very strong edible and can't move. Um, <laughs> that one I think is the best because I've seen the Barbara Streisand one and I actually rewatched the Barbara Streisand one last night and God damn is Streisand a mess. Uh <laughs> That's, I think, the worst one, because I listened to a podcast, uh, you must remember this, about the making of A Star is Born, the Barbara Streisand one, mm-hmm. and boy, it was not good. She yeah. was a real bitch. Oh, she I... led Chris Christopherson to drink like a bottle of tequila a day, so he just basically became the guy that Barbara. the movie was. And I, it maybe wasn't Babs good. was just being method. And apparently <laughs> she cut her own edit at the end that had her basically include more shots of her ass. Because she was like, my butt. So she's like, there needs to be more male gaze. Yes. I do kind of love, like, I wish <laughs> yes. that every actor demanded that they got their own cut. I want to see, like, what the what is the Taylor Lautner cut of Twilight 2? It's just all his ass. <laughs> it's just more of his, I think maybe it's not even gendered. It's like, yeah. you're like, this is my movie. My ass should be in it as much as possible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I get it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's basically what it's well, like. You got so many shots to get your ass in front of a big crowd. I get it. She's insane. Okay. I've also seen the 76 one. I could not get through it this time. I got 45 minutes. It's such a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, it even looks like it looks like a mess on the set. I was just like, what is it? It's oof. Whew. And now you mm-hmm. both have seen this 2018 version twice now? Yes. yes. Okay, great. We've seen all of them. Well, yeah. good job. Uh, you're all, you're way more prepared than I am because I've seen Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born one time. <laughs> Honestly, uh, give uh, catch yourself some... Br- uh, catch yeah. yeah, you know I what? Feel like I feel that's big. Thank you. I don't, I don't know if you it's recall, fine. but I did watch all six Mission Impossible <laughs> movies to prep for the yeah, it's episode we did. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, <laughs> so I'm coming in uh, not having a whole ton of background for this film. And it's because, yeah, I don't especially like this genre. I... This is going to make me sound psychotic, but I don't like to watch people sing. I think it's so boring. That's, that's no, quite that's normal. Another, yeah. Okay. Some people okay. find musicals completely uncomfortable. Like they can't like. I'm not a huge fan of, of musicals. I wouldn't classify this as a musical because all the music yeah. that's happening in this one is diegetic. Mm-hmm. Is in like it's happening as a part of the story, and they're like not breaking out into <laughs> random <laughs> song. Diegetic. Yeah. So. And at least if there's a, like a song and dance number, it's like there da- there's mm-hmm. fun, there's choreography. Mm-hmm. This one we're just watching people sing, and I could not be more bored. And mm-hmm. I just yeah, I don't. I just this is not for me. Can but I-, I did enjoy the first thirty minutes. Yes, Jamie, you're raising your hand. You have a question. <laughs> My history with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> love Judy Garland so much. Mm-hmm. She was my hero when I was little. I feel like all young queer people slash very, very, very 
quiet young women. Uh, for some reason, there's something about Judy. I would record all of her movies on Turner Classic, and it would be to the point where it's like my family would write it on the calendar, Judy Garland's birthday, because there would always be a 24-hour <gasps> marathon. Would you take a cake to school every night? <laughs> no, I wouldn't talk to anyone oh. at school. But that, but my one of my parents was like usually home, and so they would switch out the VHS tape Aww. to start recording the next one. So I've seen every Judy Garland movie ever. Amazing. Love her so much. And then I wanted to, you know, experience the Judy Garland extended universe, and so that's why I watched the other Star is Borns to be like, I know that she ha- she was the best yeah. one, but let mm. me just cross-check and confirm. <laughs> uh, and check. And then I found out Dorothy Parker uh, helped write the first one. I was like, oh, and then Joan Didion mm-hmm. helped write the Barbara Streisand. There's like right. a lot of famous mm, women writers that's involved. The interesting fact about that is she started to write it, and then Barbara Streisand was so hell she left. But because she yeah. was like <laughs> still like you know um, credited as a writer, she made more money that she'd ever made in her entire life off that movie basically yeah so like she was like set than... for life and all she had to do was like meet with barbara like five times before she was like this one which honestly it. sounds like uh worth the amount of so the any like story of barbara streisand on set of anything you're like holy shit this is this is a lot <laughs> what a legend <laughs> this is a, she truly a truly a, a diva but yeah, I, I I love this movie. But I just I, I think I just wanted to say I love Judy Garland. Sure. And I think we between the three of us we've seen the trailer maybe five hundred times. Yeah. So I do recall when that trailer first appeared on my YouTube. Like I remember when it first appeared on your YouTube. Yes, because I think I brought it to you guys and I was like, Have you seen this? And then we proceeded I made you watch that. I made you watch that in a bunch of like weird Mark Wahlberg films, but don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> I uh I haven't stopped watching it. I'm glad you guys have a uh, have had a great time with this so far. I have a somewhat unhealthy relationship to the part on the trailer where Lady Gaga starts her like full Lady Gaga moment. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. And then when it was coming up, that whole scene, they I, it's almost like the scene, like whoever is editing it is like, oh, people are gonna be so excited for the part where she just yells, and so they make you, he makes you wait for it and wait for it and wait mm-hmm. for it, and then she finally hits the mic, and you're like. <gasps> I think we all like grabbed hands in the theater. And we started levitating five feet off the ground. Yeah. It was crazy. I do remember when it was about to happen, an old man got up to go use the bathroom and I was so fiercely offended. Like I was like, are you <laughs> yeah. fucking kidding me? You're She's gonna about to walk this? on stage. Yeah. Oh, it was un- if, if you're I- listening, <sighs> sir. <laughs> I just have made a great He's our error. biggest fan. So. <laughs> I just love it. Is this the A Star is Born's universe or A Stars Are Born or A Stars are A Stars is Born? What would you Oh how do you how do you uh, What would you prefer to this expanded this? universe? Um A Stars is Born? A Stars is Born <laughs> Or Stars A Star is Born? A Star st- the stars the stars are born. Born stars. Yeah. Born stars. I porn, like that. <laughs> that sounds like porn stars. The star is Bjorn. The star is Bjorn <laughs> would have been a great one. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. That for for this round, because this this film, it's not even a franchise. This story that refuses to die generally was like coming up once once every 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they skipped the 90s, yeah. which would have been a great Kurt and Courtney adjacent, but they didn't. They skipped the 90s. Right, but it was originally supposed to be Clint Eastwood directing with Beyonce attached. Yeah, and then Will Smith was attached, yeah. uh, I think, as, as whoever. For this one? For the 2018 one? Well, the one that was, gonna, that was in the works okay. before this one, you know, came uh-huh. out with Brad. Which... 
every version who's played, it was Esther for the first right. three. Mm-hmm. No, and I think the sec Judy Garland, then they make it like Vicky or something. No, they change. So they change her name in most of them. There's like a few things they don't do in this movie that they, it, she normally starts as Esther oh, okay. Blodgett. Okay. And then they change her name to Vicky Lester. Got it. To make her like hot. Mm. <laughs> but this Vicky. time she starts as Allie. And we'd never find out her last name, and then they don't change her name, and then she's Allie. It's because but she Ally. isn't Ally. important yeah. until her last name is the man's last name. Exactly. Well, and that's something that happens in every movie too. Mm-hmm. There's a few. We'll we'll get into. There's a few things that happen in every version of A Star Is Born, and they're all regressive. And we and and Cooper could have done something about it. Cooper. Coop. Also, who Lillard? decided that Vicky was the fuck like the fuckable name? Vicky, I'm Vicky. My name She's is like a vixen. Yeah. Uh, shall I do the recap, please? Yes. I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna do a good job because I've only seen the movie once, and I don't worry. Uh, you've got yeah. We'll fill in it. the blanks. Okay. So we meet Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine. He's a country. Question mark. Country well, his singer? songs sound a little bit like kind of uh, rock like and roll. By the way, but people like, love it. It's like country rock. He's like a Willie Nelson of sorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like hot and all the all. He's such an alcoholic that all the blood is at the surface of his face oh for God. the whole movie. It's distracting. So we meet him. He is a famous musician, and but not at his peak. Not quite at his peak. Well, it seems I, like well, I don't know. He's already peaked, and now he's on his way down off the peak. He's playing festivals, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he's playing festivals because he's like a legend in that sense. But right. he's at this point on his way down. He's still famous, but right, he's not at his his peak anymore. He gets off of a gig. He goes to a bar where there's a drag show. He literally goes he, to the Virgil. In he Los goes Angeles. to the Virgil, yeah. a, a bar that we've all been at many. <laughs> many times i've I... eaten shit into that very microphone it's wild <laughs> yeah yeah so there he meets ali lady gaga's character who sings lovey and rose yes and uh he's smitten with her and he waits for her after the show he and peels off her they... creepy tape eyebrow mm-hmm. yeah he's like hey is that your real eyebrow <laughs> so he Lives spoken like out of context. You're like, yeah, ah, yeah. Like, yeah. Is that your real eyebrow? No. <laughs> Nobody. Like, no. If he wasn't a famous musician and just creepy drunk guy, like bloated, <laughs> oh, creepy yeah. drunk guy, like, thrown oh, out no. the window. <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about that because that is certainly worth talking about. Or like a scene later, he's like, "Can I touch your nose?" Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, stop. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. They hang out the rest of the night, and and he finds out that she's an aspiring musician as well. Lady Gaga punches a cop. She punches a cop. They go to a grocery store to get some frozen peas about it. They are are bonding, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you come to this gig?" And she's like, "No, I can't." And then and then she goes anyway. Oh. Quick trailer talk. <laughs> so, uh, Anna, this is your specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I forgot the the famous, uh, much memed trailer moment of what? Hey, what? I just want to go around the country. country. And she goes, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I would. That's yeah. the noise that goes with that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, she's like, huh? 
Uh, but that is also spoken in at least the Judy Garland version. It's in the Streisand one too. Oh, is that's okay. a thing they pulled as well? That that whole just want to take another look at you because I'm weird. For, in every other incarnation, the actor in question separates the words and doesn't say the whole sentence as if mm-hmm. it's one word. <laughs> right. But that's just kind of the coop's take on the sentence is it's just a word and the word is. <laughs> well, it could be because he is drunk because his character is an aggressive alcoholic yes but even but so. even when he's sober he's still, still kind of slurring you know that scene at the piano where mm. he's like just got out of rehab but he's like hey was he, yeah i'm playing with a dog outside wrote your song yeah it's like oh my he's, god he still can't talk like all his reactions are like sorry what was that He's, okay. he's so I mean he's so famous no one will ever tell him yeah, yeah it's like I think part of the like part of his character is like he doesn't know he's weird to an extent <laughs> yeah because he's been famous for so long that he just doesn't know he's weird yeah because everyone's like oh Jackson Maine you're really, sign, sign my titties Jackson you know <laughs> yeah so basically they start to hang or like the second time they hang out, she goes on stage at one of his shows and like <sighs> sings iconic. the song and that's the right, the iconic <laughs> And then he yeah. goes, I wrote an arrangement, not very good, but it won't come on stage for singing with me. He, that was low-key bullying. He should have done that, that. Right. And yeah, we'll he's like, about that. otherwise I'll plagiarize you and say <laughs> yeah. this is my song. I was like, well, the stakes are, there they are. Right. Yeah. So she's basically forced to go and sing her song on stage with him. And this starts to kind of propel her music career forward because people see it and people take video of it. And then there's a bunch of YouTube views and and people start to take notice of her. Mm -hmm. And as that's happening, they're developing a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, some struggles along the way because he, again, is a uh, a suffer, like suffering from alcoholism. Yeah, there's nothing like having to always wait for your significant other to wake up from his drunken stupor so you can hook up. Right. Like, okay. Well. Oh, he's pussed out now. Right, I'll just wait till he wakes up. No. No. Okay. No. It's fine. It's two, fine. HMU. Two p.m. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like cool. 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 Okay. Five a.m. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh huh. Awesome. Yeah. There's and also Sam Elliott is Bradley Cooper's brother and he's thirty years older. This is a plot point that never. I was like, why couldn't he? Like, why does the brother have to be elderly? But he is. <laughs> And yeah. Sam Elliott's character is his, like, manager road dog buddy. And yeah. he's always like, you need to take better care of your hearing because Bradley Cooper's character's hearing he's is got compromised. It sounds yes. like. Say, I don't know that this is an Arizona farm boy accent, but Sam Elliott talks the same fucking way Bradley Cooper no, does. Bradley Cooper is doing a Sam Elliott impersonation <gasps> Ooh, back to Sam Elliott. Because <laughs> Sam Elliott comes, there's one scene yeah. that you can't make a word no. out the entire thing. But Sam Elliott walks up with Bradley Cooper's hearing aid and he's like, Jack, you gotta put this in, you're not gonna be able to hear no more. And then there's <laughs> that one scene when he walks up to punch him and it's just a shot of their two faces, like just right in front of each other. They're and barking I'm just like, at each what other. What the fuck are we doing This here, movie should have been subtitled, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for drunken men. Yeah. Like, they're, women do not get drunk in this movie. It is only uh, useless men who, yeah. who get drunk. But they're. But, and then later on, I got confused. There was a part where I was like, Sam Elliott works at SNL now? Because she's on SNL? Right. Why is he there? He said he, he was like, I'm on tour with Will and Alan. 
thought I would stop by and see oh, how she's yeah. doing. And he's like, yeah. what? What's that? What? Like, he can't hear anything. Because he has tinnitus. To he's damn it. You know how, like, when you have tinnitus, you can just treat everyone in your life like trash? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so then at some point, uh, Allie and Jack get married, but he's showing no signs. Dave Chappelle's of... there. It's a whole thing. <laughs> right. And Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin's also there. Eddie yeah. Eddie Griffin makes it. Okay. He rolls through. Everyone's at the wedding. Andrew Dice Clay is Allie's dad. Andrew Dice Clay explains YouTube video counts at one point. It's a great movie. <laughs> he's like, you know, it went for everyone. That's how many people seen it. Yeah, I'll watch it 200 times. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> it's unclear. I'm still not sure where this movie is supposed to be taking place. I do th- I've do. i reached no. the conclusion it's Los Angeles. Yes, I believe so. Is it? But why are they talking like newsies? <sighs> I thought she was upstate know. New York because they all have New York accents. But then they get on a motorcycle and, and go then, to Arizona. Yeah, in like 20 minutes. <laughs> and right. they get there like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, they didn't drive across the country. No. But I then when perhaps... Lady Gaga goes in the house, she's like, where's the no, but the, the fucking yeah, thing. Exactly. It's like, this is not New York, I yeah. don't think. Her accent comes and goes like it's nothing. And let me introduce you to the concept of moving. <laughs> yeah. uh, people sometimes move from one location to another. Huh. Expand on this theory. <laughs> I don't, I know. There's I some guess. inconsistencies <laughs> where she lives. But then she made it sound like they had lived in that house her whole life. Like right. she was like, Dad, how many times do you carry the piano up for me? Oh my god, okay, so this has been a thing. A Star is Born, the mystery of where Lady Gaga's character lives, starts a hilarious debate among film critics. Okay, so this has been a point of contention. We don't know where anyone's from. I don't think that's how people from Arizona sound, but I, I'm not very yeah, well informed. I was also trying to gauge where they live together in that house of his. Is that like supposed to be like the Hollywood Hills or something? I thought so. Uh, yeah. Okay, because at one point like she goes like, I have to play the forum tonight. Will you meet me there? And then she leaves. So it's like, clearly if you're somewhere else No, in I the think woods, they lived like L.A ish yeah or some i don't know she's like oh meet me at the forum in two hours and he's right and he's like and then and then he says hey what he says i just want to take another cute but this time it's sad because he's gonna kill himself. Right. Okay. So oh, sorry. <laughs> basically, spoiler. As she's advancing in her career, he is, you know, still drinking a lot. He uh, becomes verbally abusive at different points. He's jealous. Um, he rubs a bagel on her face. Oh, or there's some a lot, sort of pace. a lot of icing ends up on face. Bradley Cooper's got. I'll go on the record. He's got a thing with the cake on the face. There's a lot of cake <laughs> on the face in the movie. Every uh, top billed actor gets yeah. some cake on the Chappelle. face. Dave Chappelle gets cake in the face. Mm. I don't know if Eddie Griffin gets cake in the face, <laughs> no, but uh, most people get lines. cake in the face. <laughs> Uh, so Ooh. then she wins a Grammy because she's become so famous. She's at that point in her career. I thought and it was a nice touch that Lady Gaga dressed like a Grammy because that's what Lady Gaga would do. Oh, yeah. Her mm. dress is like a Grammy dress. But at this awards ceremony, Jack is so drunk that he like stumbles up onto the stage and then pisses himself like on Classic. camera, on the stage. And... Which, watching now, I don't know why I was like for sure Bradley Cooper method pp would himself, but it's definitely a post pp. It's a the pp pp. Okay. 
It kind of looked like he so had a close. tube, like a tube that was like, we're going to excessively pee pee. I don't know. You, you know how you can just sort of tell? Well, I'm a hacker, so I can tell when things are computer, yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was computer pee pee. You think really? he, he yeah. wouldn't actually have pee peed himself? No, I think maybe he tried, but he got nervous. Oh. <laughs> I thought there was like a little pee pee, little tube pee pee. A little pee pee. I think it was a, a practical effect. I think I, yeah. that's oh, what I really? thought. I, I feel that way. Yeah. I feel like I this is this is what I love about movies like this. Someone knows or someone is in the process of trying to find out what the deal with the pee pee well, is. Bradley Cooper is known for being a practical effect genius. Genius. <laughs> the hangover. He's basically he was James Cameron. <laughs> he all that fa- he just laid in the sun for ten hours for that facial whatever was going on. It's like bloated red face mm. the whole time. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so at the award ceremony, he pees himself and then he's like, Oh crap, I've hit rock bottom. Better go to he rehab. Goes, oh pee pee. I went <laughs> and then <laughs> Oh pee pee. Oh pee pee. Have I hit the rock bottom? Levia knows pee. So he goes to rehab. And uh, Allie's all like, I still love you. We can make this work. You're going to come back home, right? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I think so. And it was you that said she way overdresses to go to rehab. Yeah, I didn't think her outfit was appropriate for rehab. Sure. It was a lot. lot. He gets back home. He's in recovery. And her manager, whose name is Rez Gavrin, I believe. Literally British British villain. Yeah. Yeah. British twink villain. I've heard of you. And and I would like to sign you. (laughs) And then she's like, Interscope Records. And then he literally goes over to Bradley Cooper's house. He's like, oh, it would be real help if you killed this He, he basically tells Jack that he has ruined Lady Gaga's career yeah. and that they've had to do like so much damage control. So Jack, uh, this prompts him to commit suicide. Ugh, there's so much to is, unpack. Yeah. Right. It's like the, the British guy? Yeah. And then there's like a tribute song at the end where she's like, I'm Allie Maine. And she sings a song and everyone's sad. This is a ritual. This is a star end of the movie. ritual. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and, and we'll come back and, and watch A Star is Born again. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we will be right back. Yay. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Okay. So where do we want to begin with this? Because I just have so many thoughts. I don't know where to start. Well, I personally would like to draw attention to... Jack's behavior in the beginning of the movie mm. where I think we can apply the Buscemi test to this where early oh, on yeah. he's we can apply the not super like you were saying like the not super famous guy I think if someone that hot who is a nobody was doing that shit people would also not be having it no. sure I mean basically after they've met for they've known each other for less than 24 hours yeah. he's like hey come to my gig tonight and she's like I can't I have to work no thanks and he's like please though and she's like no I can't she's telling him no several times mm-hmm. then he sends his driver to her house to pick her up to follow her right um, and then she's like no I can't but then eventually she decides to get on this private jet and go to this gig after all Mm -hmm. Uh, and then a few scenes later she's sleeping in her bed and she wakes up and Jack is there and she's like how why are you here and he's like oh your dad let me in here I am so this is like like, dice what are you doing (laughs) respect your daughter dice what the fuck are you doing dice back in my day I was a real crooner (laughs) classic Mm. oh a good re- line read by Dice. We have to remember he is one of comedy's most notorious misogynists. One of the most <laughs> successful misogynists in the entire industry. Good for him, though. Yeah, he did yeah, a couple yeah. good lines. Yeah. My daughter. <laughs> yeah, he had a great lines beginning where he's like, piano. take a look at her. To all his like buddies, you know, some with the most talent, 
they just don't make it. It was like, you fucking asshole. Like, literally after the she comes home and starts cleaning up after him yeah. and his gross friends. Although I think it was uh, Super Producer Sophie who said uh, that Dice is squatted in every scene in this yeah. movie. He's got like no less than four old men with him just like being like dice is the fucking i feel like yeah. that's his like real life entourage <laughs> he's like i don't come on set with less than four fucking gross dudes <laughs> i straight up me. the problem i could not figure out that was dice to save my life because mm. i realized i'd never seen andrew dice clay's eyes because he always wears those sunglasses <laughs> and that was fucking me up until we, the last scene of the credits and i'm like it said andrew dice clay and i like felt like a fucking idiot <laughs> It really actually took me out of the film a little. It took me a couple scenes to figure out it was Dice, which is too bad because I think that uh, all of us right now could play his uh, girlfriend in in a thing. Uh, I think we're all about the right age. I have some like guys. My boyfriend is Andrew Dice. (gasps) Anna. You know Dice? I know Dice. Dice (laughs) is my daddy, but you know what I mean. I'm so so sorry about that fucked up stuff I said about Dice. (laughs) In any case, the 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 behavior that Bradley Cooper's character is doing is yes. troubling. It's mm-hmm. stalkery. It's predatory. But because he is a man with fame and power and influence, mm-hmm. she's like, "Ooh, how romantic!" So I was truly surprised how quickly they just started making out. I was like, "Really, though, girl? Like, I mean, you don't really know much about him other than he's a famous person and seems." drunk as fuck they i feel like they try to work around that by saying like oh she does at least go to work but then someone's like you're fucking late and she's like i fucking quit and then she gets in the limo that followed her i don't know yeah it didn't and this is kind of like the inception of this relationship changes I think there's versions of it where it's done better in yeah. past stars weren't, and there's also versions where it's like way creepier. But there, the first two stars borns happens between actors. This one and the Streisand one are musicians, mm-hmm. but it usually starts with like them. They meet. She's a, a little girl from nowhere who just moved to Hollywood to become a big star, mm-hmm. and she's an extra and she's a waitress and the whole bit. And then he like gets her an audition. Which is less creepy than sending someone in a in a vehicle yeah. to to follow her around, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like they're really trying to push the like this is an undeniable love situation, but that didn't work for me. Like I I didn't yeah. believe that they were like undeniably attracted to each other and were just being pulled without their control to each other and that's why they started like you know almost hooking up almost immediately. Yeah, like, I didn't trust the way it was done in the movie. I didn't believe it necessarily. There's so much in all of these stories, but speaking to like the 2018 one as well, that like there's so many elements of this story that go completely unexplored. And I think that like one of the greatest weaknesses of this story is that it it, like sort of doesn't give it's the star who is born, aka the one woman in the movie who talks really Mm. enough not even like it's like Lady Gaga is very present in this movie, but there are certain elements of her personality that are, go totally unexplored because this character, the Esther Blodgett or Allie, who fucking knows, uh, is like the woman who stands by her man. And it's like the message of this whole franchise is like, hey, if you're in a relationship with an abusive alcoholic, 
hang in there. Yeah. Maybe mm. he'll die. Like, it's just not good. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, but there's a few, like, okay, some things that occurred to me, and I haven't done a lot of reading about this Star is Born just because I just, I've, I've been too busy watching it over and over. Mm-hmm. But some things that occurred to me uh, about Allie and Jackson's relationship that we never address, aside from being in a relationship with an addict which we can get to mm-hmm. uh because uh, that is like way glossed over like he was mean to her one time I'm like that's not how that no 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 mm. but one thing that's never touched on is you know the the power dynamics in this relationship from the jump are off and they're off in every incarnation of this story mm-hmm. and so i don't i mean i don't even know where i land on this but there's some times where i'm in the story where I'm like, well, Allie, like, probably would feel weird leaving him early in that relationship, even though he's clearly a fucking mess, mm-hmm. even if she does like him because her entire career is dependent on him, which is a power dynamic he introduced. But, you know, it's I think that that adds some complexity to the her character if it's not just like, she's so in love with him and she can't leave because she loves him so much. It's like, well, what if she sort of wants to leave, yeah. but her entire career is tethered to this one person? Like, that's something that happens in the first half of the movie that I thought would have been at least interesting to acknowledge. But that power dynamic is never. They're like, well, they love each other, so it's a wash. Right. And correct me right. if I'm wrong, but I don't think he ever does anything to like promise that he's gonna like uplift her career and get her to where that doesn't happen right he's always like i'll get you far he does he does that in 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 the other versions but i mean i it still feels pretty heavily implied like if she left that tour it's not like she could just you know like i i think the story would have you believe she needs to be on tour with him at the beginning and you know establish herself as his sort of like right hand singer Mm -hmm. before she can become you know, and meets everybody she has to meet, and then she can take off on her own. But she couldn't have technically started on this path in this story without him. And that's like just sort of a a dynamic that they don't acknowledge at all. Right. And I'm not saying that this thing happens in this 2018 one. I'm not familiar enough with the other ones to know if this happens. But like, it's reminiscent of situations where someone like Harvey Weinstein targets a young up-and-comer who's like i'll take you far if you just come to my hotel room or you know like right making promises and what they're really doing is just manipulating and abusing Coercing. and ruining their lives right they right. felt like sorry there was a selfishness to his behavior in the sense that he actually didn't want her to grow beyond being a singer with him yes right and that's when he starts to get the cake that's when the cake is in the face yeah Right when she starts to outachieve him. And she Uh, does call him out and is like, you're jealous, but uh, it's like, I do like the part where she lets him headbutt a TV. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Or she's like, you want to play? Let's fucking play. And then he headbutts a TV and she's like, Oh, and it just like passes out into it? Yeah, and then she gets the cake off her face. She goes, what the fuck is this? I love this movie. (laughs) Uh, I did want to see more. See, that thing is like a lot of her attitude came out in the beginning and then sort of just became passive at the end. Like she didn't yeah. defend well, herself. She didn't stand up for herself. She just kind of went along with what people told her to do. That's the thing. Like she doesn't have much agency in the story. She 
things happen to her, right. but she's not necessarily, I mean, you could say like, you know, the, the hard work she's put into right. being a singer and, you know, working on her craft, but we don't really see that. The story picks up basically right before she's propelled to stardom. So, we, right. We, I mean, we at least get the moment of like, we know she's good enough. She has what it takes. It's not like they need to fake her talent at any point. Right. Which I appreciate it. Sure. It's not like, a, what's that fucking movie with Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant, Florence Foster Jenkins? It's oh. not a Florence Foster Jenkins sitch. <laughs> right. But yeah, but everything happens to her. Yeah, so she's not necessarily going out and making active choices. And arguably, that's because it's Bradley Cooper's character who's the protagonist of the story, who's driving the narrative. But it would still be nice to like to see her... I don't know, just be more active in the pursuit of something. Right. But it's a lot of stuff happening to her and her kind of rolling with the punches. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like there's this overall, like, male savior vibe throughout the entire film. And, like, mm-hmm. it's very broad because it starts with him, you know, giving her her first break to, like, that guy being like, I'll make, you know, sign Interscope Records. And then it ends with him killing himself because he's like, I'm doing this for you so you can go on and live your life without so being dragged down. myself again. Yeah, like, I'm here for, like, this is all because of you. I'm, I'm trying to make your life better. And it's like, she could have easily have succeeded fine and gotten her life together and had also, you have not killed yourself. And also, it's 2018. She could have divorced yes you. right like there's 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 a lot of like missed like 2018 things that you're like you would think that it would go more challenged but just doesn't it's which is i mean i don't know i still love the movie so much so <laughs> yeah. it's hard but but there's so there's so much where it's like she really doesn't have another another element okay another i think we've already talked about this because we've been talking about this movie for a week where ally does i mean we see the sort of song she's writing at the beginning she's ah mm-hmm. and then when she becomes a pop star that goes away and all of a sudden she's like why would you do that do that do that do that do that to me? It's, all the songs are good but they change right yeah she yeah. becomes a pop star and there's one scene because she does she sells out mm. immediately which is not even a comment on the character because we don't really know her well enough to know what her code of ethics with this is. Sure. But, you know, the the, the British guy is like, you got to dye your hair and learn to dance. And mm-hmm. so she does. And then there's one scene, the one scene in their entire relationship where Bradley Cooper is an alcoholic and mean to her. He comes in, she's in her fucking Grammy bathtub or whatever, <laughs> and he's 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 like, so what? We're singing songs about ass now. Uh, Just figure it out. Which is like one of the only good points he makes in the entire movie that goes totally unexplained. Like he points out, like, hey. You have changed a lot, and you are. And he's saying that partially because he's jealous, yeah. but also it there is, is an element to that character, yeah, where he's like a he, pure artist or what, or he thinks he is, sure, and he looks down on people who aren't like that. He should have approached it differently, right? Because well, <laughs> also in that yeah. conversation, he's telling her that she's ugly and that she yeah. has no talent, and that right. she's so, an embarrassment now because right. of how she's taken her opportunity and like used it to become this pop star or just mostly i don't know i guess let go of her true inner musician to cater to people who will give her that kind of attention and money and you know which isn't i think that's a really interesting theme that they drop after that Mm -hmm. like that it's just because as flawed and bad and as much of a sign of like this is a toxic relationship as that scene is he makes that point and she's like no that's my song i wrote it it's great 
And then it's like, but we know that it's, I, I don't know. That yeah. was one thing where I was like, that would have been another interesting element to this character. But the story is so committed to making her a perfect angel that she's a boring character. Sure. I would also real quick argue that there's some gratuitous nudity in that scene because why does it take place in a bathtub and then she stands up out of it and you like see her whole naked body, just a quick glimpse of it, but it's like, That's a theme in the past stars borns where they hang out in bathtubs a lot. Oh, okay. Like the actual scene where she's putting on makeup on him, like that happened in Mm -hmm. the Streisand version. I think it happened in the Garland version. It does happen in the Garland Mm -hmm. version. Okay. Uh, I would argue that we didn't necessarily need that nudity in that moment, but maybe I'm just a prude. I I didn't need it, but I can't wait to rent it on iTunes and pause it. So, Um, Another thing that I thought could have been explored far more that wasn't is the sort of pressure that is placed upon usually women in the entertainment industry to change the way they look and cater to a specific image that like whatever studio or record label is foisting upon them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because early on in the film, Allie is talking to Jack, I think it's like the night that they first meet and she's describing, right. She's like, oh, you know, I haven't gotten my break in this industry yet because you go into these rooms and there's all these men looking at you and they tell you that you sound great, but you don't look great. And she expresses some insecurities about her nose and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So she's talking about this and then she gets her big break and it starts to to work out. But then her manager is like, uh, we need you to dye your hair blonde and it's you like, know don't tell the dancers not to go on stage to, to build on that point it was almost as if they couldn't acknowledge that her looks didn't matter until she got signed off by another man to be like hey well i approve and then they're like yeah. oh well if you approve then we right. approve totally yeah yeah exactly but the entertainment industry has like a very long troubling history of like shaping women into yeah you know, the person that whatever studio wants them to be. For example, uh, you can take a look at Judy Garland's career where she was like forced pills to like keep her thin, she keep her peppy like and eight years old, yeah. Right. And then you know, there's other examples. Judy Garland was also famously molested by Louis B. Mayer himself. Oh geez. When she was like thirteen or fourteen years old. So it's like oh, but yeah, Just they different, you know, the, the studios, networks, record labels, you know, have an image in mind for, you know, whatever young ingenue they are trying to build into a superstar. And they basically decide, OK, here's what you look like. Here's what you're going to wear. Here's what you're going to act like. And, and I you think have the, to have backup dancers. Right. <laughs> right. I, I think a, the movie could have explored that a lot more. But yeah. especially, that's not the story, I guess. So. Especially because it's like you have Lady Gaga here yeah. you have a fucking expert on this topic uh-huh. right <laughs> in the room she can tell you but i don't know yeah. this is this is also i believe this is the only version of this script that is written entirely by men mm. uh, there's usually at least one woman involved uh but this is uh, there there's a lot of themes that go like surface explored like i think that they're trying to make a statement by like lady gaga's nose but then she's famous anyways and like cool but it is it's all so surface where she basically still ends up folding to all of their demands and that ends up working out in her favor there's really no consequence for that happening so like what's the comment like do it right Mm -hmm. there is a part of them smart i think that like she does kind of decide to just give in and take it into her own hands and be like, fine, I'm going to 
do all this, but I'm going to do it my own way. Like when they said, oh, make your hair platinum blonde. She's like, no, I'll do orange, which weird choice. Yeah. But <laughs> there is things that I think like, oh, well, she was actually like, even though it wasn't necessarily the right choice and it was selling out, mm-hmm. she made the choice to sell out, which right. is yeah. Well, it's like, I don't even care that this character sells out. I'm not even critical of her for that, but it's like, they don't even talk about that. They don't even look at that. They no. just right. like, they're like, well, this is what happened. I'm like, but this is the star who's born. Why don't we get to hear what she think about nothing? Right. It's still, the whole yeah. thing is, it's about this woman, but it. The whole it's story not. unfolds from the point of view of the men around her. Yeah, <laughs> you have to see. I mean, you know, Brad, as much as I love seeing Bradley Cooper and Sam Elliott crying together in Ugh. like three different scenes, it's like okay, we. Uh, there's, I, there's, there's, there's so much. I mean, and then the last big note I had for things that go unexplored in Allie's character is her relationship to her father. Where there's a scene that I find so frustrating with Allie and Dice. Uh, is towards the end of the movie and it's after uh, Jackson pee-peed himself and now he's in rehab and she's like, eat your supper, breakfast, sorry, I'm stressed, the whole thing. And Dice, it's already been acknowledged several times that uh, Dice is also an alcoholic, seems to have had a drinking problem. That tracks in terms of like, you know, children of alcoholics very often end up with alcoholics, uh, R.I.P., me but um <laughs> but same though yeah i mean it's it's we've got we've got evidence in the room uh but he starts to apologize to her dice starts to be like i'm sorry i wasn't a better father to you and i think her character acts i mean it makes sense that this would be a conversation that would happen but in terms of moving the plot forward i found it very frustrating because she's like it's totally fine it's totally fine Mm -hmm. you were supportive of my music career you carried my piano up the stairs once and you like paid attention to me in that way it's fine you didn't do anything and then dice goes you're the best fucking person in the world i was like are you kidding me something i know you know just throughout a lot of movies or just even in real life is that women no matter what, even if we get the abuse and we have to take it, we still have to be the ones to make sure the men are okay. Right. It's like she's the one going through it, but she's still reassuring her father that he's okay, making sure he eats. It's like she literally had to go on the Grammy stage and while her husband peed himself and she was like, <laughs> we're having a lot of fun tonight. Like that was the most cringeworthy oh, moment where God. you're just trying to just like keep your shit together for your trash ass husband. She's so accommodating yeah. and it's, it is frustrating because it's, it's like these people around you are fucking up and you're just taking care of them and like not reacting to it. And if that's a part of who your character is fine, but like show us that and show us that it costs causes her pain outside of like you hurt me which happens like three times yeah uh, yeah that moment where she forgave him i was like bitch you need to slap him across the face because they're just being like you hurt me and him being like yeah i think i something pecans or... like <laughs> just like jesus christ there and that's her. like another like if the, if this movie was a different kind of movie it could have explored the dynamics of an abusive relationship where it's not like if you're in an abusive relationship, it's out of the question that someone would say something really fucked up to you and you would say, I forgive you to avoid further conflict. 
but it's presented to us as like they love each other and mm-hmm. they're working through some stuff. But that doesn't, I mean, in context, seem to be the reality of this relationship at all. Also, a question uh, that goes back to our Fifty Shades episode. Ooh. What amount of time does this movie take place in? No idea. That is a good question. I think two years max. The only time that we know has passed is when he says he's been at rehab for two months. That is the only time where they acknowledge time. Time. <laughs> yeah, time and, and location are not yeah, important. The to 24 us. hours where they meet and then a few hours later she's on a private jet to go to his gig and sing with him on stage. It's crazy. Uh, we got to take a quick break, oh, but gosh. let's explore this more when we return. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. And we're back. I have a quick comment about... Jackson Maine's character. Mm. Um, 
compared to past versions of this character, the first one is Norman Maine. I believe the second one is also Norman Maine. And then does Christofferson have like a weird... He's like John Norman John Howard. Norman Howard, yeah. They're all variants. And then Jackson Maine. All variants in the same name. Bradley Cooper's... I think one of the adjustments made that... I don't even know how I feel about it. I think it's just kind of... Like, it makes sense, but it also creates a lot of problems that we've been talking about, is that Bradley's Jackson Maine is, of the four, by far the least despicable version of this character and by far the most lovable. Mm. Yes. Uh, because the the previous three are drunk in ways that are more violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in the first one, she literally is hit. Yeah. Uh, in in the Streisand one, he cheats on her. There's like more clear implications of, of like this is not a good guy. Yeah, which makes it more frustrating at the end where she's like, I love him, but also it creates, I mean, a more discussable relationship or a more real relationship that could actually have happened. Mm-hmm. Where Bradley Cooper is, is sort of Jackson Maine's presented as like. As far as we know, he never cheats on her. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, he is mean to her one time. Right. And and there's a cake in the face, but he's pretty good-natured about everything, and he stays generally supportive. I, I feel like, just based on uh, talking to my my friends about it last night, because I was like, oh, I wonder like what the... Because I think if you left any of the first three, no matter how you feel about it, you leave being like, I, it sucks that he killed himself, but he was a bad guy, mm-hmm. and, he, and he wanted to hurt her yeah you know and in this one i i think you leave like oh bradley cooper he was so nice but so da-. like they yeah. they make adjustments to the character that kind of neutralize it it makes it harder to criticize him and i don't even know how i feel about that but it's just weird right a, a lot of that also feels like the reason bradley cooper's like the worst he gets is you know peeing on stage and you know berating her a little while she's in the bathtub is that also just feels like the industry working behind bradley cooper to be like well i mean you'll be a shitty drunk but we're not gonna have you hit her because we don't want people to see you in that nature you know like there's something working there where bradley has that control Mm -hmm. over how his character like as how evil his character can be sure so it's like you're yeah like you come away from watching this relationship different than any of the other three where you're you it's almost like cheese and sweeter mm-hmm. than any of the other ones where he's the best guy out of all of them but he's still awful and uh, I, I don't even know it's just like a, it, it was a change that I get why like obviously I'm not like man I wish he hit Lady Gaga <laughs> but because like his alcoholism is portrayed in such a it's more like goofy and embarrassing than dangerous and harmful right? Uh, in the way it's portrayed it just kind of it just makes it bizarre and it's not i mean not that movies have to be a realistic portrayal of everything but it just the way that relationship is you leave kind of still liking him in a way that i don't think that character is supposed to work and anna you touched on this where like him committing suicide is like this act of sacrifice and he's right. doing it for her and it also makes him seem like kind of a martyr and almost mm-hmm. heroic like where it's just like a pretty irresponsible way to frame yeah. suicidality i do appreciate that the movie does acknowledge alcoholism as a disease mm-hmm. because said, addiction disease. addiction is a mental illness and i think that a lot of people still don't quite realize that and that's mm-hmm. because of the stigma surrounding mental illness mm-hmm. and things like that so at least i mean 
could it have been explored more? Sure, especially because that's a huge component of this movie. Right, there was just mostly one conversation with just him and one his line where he had yeah. person. It's and the line is, "It's a disease." Yeah, there, I, I did love that. Lady Gaga should have broken up with him in that scene, but she doesn't. She just goes, it's a disease. That's what is really frustrating to me about this movie is that even though he is not the worst of all the renditions of this character, he still mistreats her. He still puts her in positions where she's constantly she, worrying absolutely. and suffering and all this stuff. And like, and maybe this is just the cynic in me where I'm like, she should have yeah. fucking left him and like yeah. not put up with this bullshit. But like... I wish the ending that we saw to this movie is rather than him killing himself, she leaves him and she goes on her own path. And that would have been a great, like, updated version of how the story goes because that is like a convention of he always kills himself. The first two, he runs into the ocean, drama, and then. Third uh, one, he, like, drives really crazy and then gets in a car accident or something. I don't even think it's, like, technically a. I don't know. It's basically the boyfriend husband of Barbara Streisand who's producing it said he can't kill himself because that would make him weak. So it has to be like an unintentional death, which is just like, fuck off. Yeah. So the third one isn't technically a suicide, but that is like canon to the story that he kills himself. And then she goes to a function and says, I'm Mrs. Maine. And that's, we love that. Uh, That's when we find out what her last name is. Mm -hmm. It's the last name of the man. Uh, Sorry, real quick. Can I ask you, is this the only one that he goes to rehab? No, usually he goes to jail. Jail. Usually he does. In in the first the two, one, I don't think. He I does don't anything. know the Streisand one. The Streisand one, I think, is the only version where he cheats on her. Right. And then in the first two, the husband does something drunk and disorderly and goes to jail, and she has to bail him out of jail. So I think right. that that's the 2018 version of. They all jail. have like a Grammy right. award show meltdown, though. Oscars or Grammys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bottom line is, updates were made to the various renditions of this story, so I think an update could have been done to the ending where he doesn't kill himself, and instead she's like, I'm not going to put up with your behavior anymore and the shit that you put me through. Goodbye. And then they, they meet up 10 years later, and he's like, I've been sober for 10 years. Yeah, just thinking and then about they can you. get back together and song. fine. And <laughs> then yeah. says, Whatever. Hey. Or they don't. And then she does the thing where she traces her face. <laughs> I keep doing that to my boyfriend's face. He doesn't like it. Uh, I'll brag. Yeah, that's okay. harassment. Thank you. I'm, just, I'm just like a face tracer. It's not not good. You can't you just do that to someone who hasn't seen a Star Wars. Before. You can't just do that to someone in CVS when they are not expecting yeah. it. You cannot do that. It's bad. Uh, just like a quick face trace. Sure. Uh, on, uh, but uh, yes, I totally agree that like a version of this where she leaves him would have been so effective. Or if she, if if it, they're like, no, she absolutely cannot leave him, then explore why other than she. She loves him. They love each other. <laughs> that sinister, too. <laughs> uh, another uh, thing that I was talking about with uh, feminist icon Alice Wetterland, mm. uh, because it just I, I need to talk to everyone I encounter about A Star is Born now, sure. is her take on, and I thought this was a good point, about the nature of suicidality, of the way the British manager comes at Bradley Cooper's character at the end and is like, kill yourself. He really uh, does. He lit. I mean, that's that's that whole scene. And she made the point of like, you know, someone with suicidal tendencies, it just skews what that actually is and mm-hmm. makes it bizarre. Of like, 
you know, someone committing suicide very suddenly, it's usually prompted by something small. And like, it's, it it wouldn't just be like, I don't know, spreading the idea that suicidality is spread by someone saying, kill yourself, Mm -hmm. is just a total misrepresentation of what that sort of depression is like. It's usually something little, like, and, and that could have so easily happened in that same scene where it seems more likely, like the the some like a manager like that would be like passive aggressive and pretending to be nice and maybe that is something that triggers mm. him because he understands mm-hmm. i don't know it was, just, it was so this movie is over the top the movie it does set it just, up that yeah. he has had suicidal ideation before when he was mm-hmm. a much younger guy 13. but yeah, yeah i think that yeah. it was not handled the most responsibly i think that what happens at the end of this movie is like a very 1950s understanding of suicidal ideation the fucking and... cowboy hat is like, well that's uh, the thing but... is, his go. character hasn't evolved from that era like, his character's still, like, the gruff guy who, right. I have to wear socks with my shoes, you know, I'm a man. Like, he doesn't... <laughs> no drink, he's, no socks. Yeah, he's not... <laughs> uh, touche. He's not progressive in any manner. Like, he's still the old yeah. guy who's like, i Yeah, he I've didn't got go to the morals. women's march. Yeah, no. He yeah, where's your fucking pussy that. hat? <laughs> yeah. Bradley, there, I... <laughs> Uh, well, like that last shot of him, he like puts his hat down and he's like, all right, I'm laying this down for the last time. It is such a, and he's drunk. He dies yeah. drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is he on like pills? He's something's he's he, he definitely messed pills. up. Yeah. Staggering. He's staggering. staggering. But, yeah. And then it ends with this is pretty consistent across the four. The star whom is born is depressed and then is asked to do a function in which she sings a song, and then she introduces herself as Mrs. Mm-hmm. I think in the first two, it's Mrs. Norman Maine. Like, she doesn't even use any of her names. Uh, so this one, she says, it's, uh, my name is Allie Maine. Defining like, herself as she relates to a man. Right. I mean, which wouldn't bother me as much if we knew what her maiden name was. I never had a last name before I, uh, I met my husband. I was one of those people. That is what, exactly what she says. Yeah. <laughs> Um, an alley critique, not a critique, world critique. Sure. There are no women in Allie's life. No. At all. And this is not addressed once. Mm -hmm. Well, interestingly enough, she relates most to the women in drag that she works with at the beginning. Or they're men in drag. I said women in drag. Sorry. (laughs) Drag queens. Drag queens. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She worked at the drag bar and then it's clear that she's known the drag queens for a long time and then she has oh what's the name of her friend um, oh uh, ramon is ally's friend mm-hmm. he's an ally to ally if you will <laughs> former uh, former hamilton actor really mm-hmm. oh i was only uh, the best in a star is born wow. oh my god wow he's good for him and ramon. he's also he's a part of that system that like pushes her to go and yeah, he encourages yeah, her yeah. to like, hey, this guy who's creeping yeah. on you and like sending his driver yeah. into your house. Go and Didn't hang she, out. Yeah, when she goes to his door when he's passed out, he's like, wake him up, shake your titties at him, which is like, <laughs> yeah, that's he's not an enabler. To wake up. <laughs> he's maybe not a great friend, but there are no women in Allie. We don't know anything about Allie's mother. Her mom. 
in the yeah. earlier versions with Esther Blodgett, her her mother is in a various conditions of being alive, but she is acknowledged yeah. at any point. We don't know anything no, about Hallie's mom. No, he never references the mom. We do know what happens to Jackson's mom, but she's also killed off. Mm-hmm. And for for what you know, her death doesn't impact him the way his father's death does. It's just all all the narrative impact is coming from men doing shitty stuff in real time or the shitty stuff men did back in the day where so much of Jackson's alcoholism is attributed to the fact that he was dad's drinking buddy mm-hmm. and you want to knock one back and be dad's drinking buddy. And I do feel like and maybe implied, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I could have kept going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Right? Sam Elliott yeah. impression. Um, um, that he was dealing with tinnitus because they do say yeah. that at a very young age that he may have gotten it for putting his head in like you know the oh, gramophone yeah. yeah so i feel like a little part of it is implied that he drinks a lot because of that tinnitus that he's just trying that's not what to i understood hear that tone yeah i kept forgetting about the, t- the me remembering he had tinnitus was in and out the whole movie because there were some mm. points where you you're hearing his tinnitus sure in the sound right. design but then i was like oh just feedback. but half of his dialogue is like what's that because yeah he oh. didn't hear what someone said to him so like i was constantly reminded also he says, it's like how's your tinnitus and he's, he's like, like i'm here with my wife <laughs> yeah he's like the dude about yeah, he does change the subject a lot where you're like you're just like oh, fucking hell okay but mm-hmm. he, I, I also was confused because he seemed like he got tinnitus at a young age Mm. But yeah. then he also tells Allie he was born with an ear thing, so he right. couldn't hear. Oh yeah. So either he, so he's either like had an ear issue and then also got tinnitus, which is probably just fucking hell. I don't understand what yeah. how that like if you can't even hear normal things, but then there's also like a ringing in your head at all times. Mm-hmm. That's like a very probably unbearable situation that he should be wearing those like things that they were making for him yeah right but i guess it takes him out of the music that he's playing see that's the thing it's he's making so many excuses to not get better that it's just like there, there's no justification like at all for like any of his behavior it's just like you're just choosing to not deal with all your own issues right. and then you bring ally into your life and she loves you so she's not gonna force you to deal with it. i mean she makes points to be like stop drinking you smell like alcohol we'll see how long it lasts till you drink again like she does yeah. make jabs at him yeah but she doesn't fully stand up for herself until that moment they get in a fight when she's in the bath and it's only because he calls her names and says all those rude things like she right. barely even when she saw he was drinking she doesn't say anything she kind of lets it go which it seems yeah. like is a carryover of how she treated her dad and so it's like i understand why ali gets into this relationship for a few reasons is like he has power in an area that can help her career. That's not the only reason she's in this relationship, but it's clearly a part of it. Yeah. And, you know, she's predisposed to uh, messy dudes who have alcohol issues. But, yeah, she, like, never – I don't know. There's just so – and and mm-hmm. then and you were saying earlier, like, the the concept of his, like, suicide as sacrifice – where he kills himself so he won't embarrass her anymore. Yeah, he's like letting her go and setting her free. Right, like actually, you're actually causing her quite a bit of pain. And that's yeah. another like 2018 update that they try to make that kind of rings hollow is there's that scene with Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott. Imagine that. I never would think that would be a sentence. But <laughs> that scene where Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott are crying and he's like, it's not your fault. It's Jack's fault and that's it. Which yeah. is like a clearer view of suicide than any of the past movies have offered. Yeah. But that's still not how it's presented when it happens. It's presented as a sacrifice but then they're like, oh, but it's actually not. But then it's still, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where? Do, what is? What is this? 
yeah. Does anyone have any final points? While I think it's a great film, I really enjoyed it. You just have to suspend your disbelief that like women <laughs> are on the top. Like it all is just <laughs> it's a fantasy of like oh I was discovered and I made it and thank God for this man. Like you really have to just let all that go to go watch the movie and then you know slowly think about it later because. Mm-hmm. It does, the more you think about it, it's like, okay, like, this entire movie is happening because of a guy being like, oh, you're hot and a good singer. You know, like, that's, his yeah. whole interest in her was like, first, I believe it's because she was a good singer, and then as he got to know her, he's like, oh, well, I'm very attracted to you, and I'm going to make everything happen. And then it proceeds to be, like, only men around her. And that's a right. frustrating thing. Right. It's a great film if you just, you know, want to have a good time, but don't expect to get a lot of... uh depth when it comes to strong women <laughs> doing sure. what they have to do no or even women at interacting <laughs> yeah. yeah which brings us to the matter at hand wow does this movie pass the Bechtel test well sort of there is a conversation <laughs> between sorta. a woman named Gail who's like, I guess, like a stagehand or some like tour manager type assistant of person. person I, to I agree with uh, Sophie, feminist icon Gail. Feminist icon Gail shows up. Allie has known Jack for about 18 hours. Uh, <laughs> she shows up at his gig. Hi, I'm Gail. Yeah, it's, Gail meets them at the car that just brought them from the private plane or whatever to take them into the venue yes and she goes hi i'm gail so we're all like got her name <laughs> she's like lady gaga's like ah, hey and she's like how was your flight and then lady gaga's like oh it was great and then she goes oh just leave your bags and they're like okay and then she's like come this way and then she goes wow it's so big here and then she goes like oh watch out because something's like coming out and she's uh. like oh. <laughs> gail's looking out yeah i love i love gail i uh i hope that that actress just improvise the name Gail. She's like, you know what? We want this movie to pass the test. I've read the whole script. She's like, hi, I'm Gail. (laughs) Because it's not a character that necessarily makes sense to name, but she really goes for it. She leans in. Because we never see that character again. No. No. (laughs) So (laughs) she stands next to Sam Elliott at the concert looking bored as fuck. Yeah. Now the question has been posed to us. If whenever Allie talks to the drag queens, does that pass the Bechtel test? You know, I originally, when I first saw the movie, in my mind said, oh, that passed because she was talking to the drag queens. And then I was like, oh, wait, but does that count? And I don't know. Drag queens, when they're in drag, drag, you know, they're using she pronouns, you know, they're Mm -hmm. using a lot of like feminized language. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, drag queens are men who identify as men who do drag. I am tempted to... Outsource this one as well. If True. any listeners yes. have yeah. better intel than us, none of us are drag queens, so pr- probably you do. Let us know. For for today, I feel like we're saying no that on those, those scenes, y- but they correct. do happen. If whatever, it's a gr- it's a gray area. We're not totally sure. For sure, Gail passes. Yes, yeah. yeah. But also maybe the the test could be your needs to be updated to be more inclusive Inclusive where it's you know if two non-binary people talk to each other could that pass the Bechdel test could you know a gender fluid person and a woman talk could that pass so I think it's worth acknowledging that there could be some perhaps updates to let's call up our friend Allie Bechdel yeah (laughs) Yeah. there is a few seconds because I do think at, at one point towards the end of their interaction she goes he's very excited to see you or something like that right so it like breaks that 
it breaks the test and she goes back they go back to referencing well also the whole context is like hey you're here to To watch a man so Mm -hmm. if you factor in context it's a a little murkier but hey but she does talk to one other woman who is dave chappelle's wife whose name is never ever acknowledged and i believe the only thing they talk about is like i'll get you a wedding dress to marry him (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is I would say also Dave Chappelle and his family are the few people of color in the whole movie. Otherwise, it's a largely white movie. Of the four, it certainly does the best. You know, two straight white protagonists, that's not pushing much forward. But I think compared to other major releases it does all right yeah. lady gaga's italian she's a she why the boiler out on the counter andrew dice, oh wait andrew dice clay one of his buddies is an older actor who is that guy he's a character I've actor seen him a million times yeah, yeah. there's sure. a lot of character actors in, like i feel like i've seen gail before gail looked familiar i feel like i've seen the woman who takes a picture of bradley cooper at the grocery yes, store before. yes she's also know. a character actress that i've yeah. seen places i've seen her a million places they're pulling a lot of like the like kind of famous <laughs> that you see guest star and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of vaguely familiar yeah. faces in this movie including bradley cooper's dog feminist icon yeah. bradley cooper's dog which is his real dog bradley cooper's real dog and his real ear doctor based on Why? my understanding bradley casts a lot of people he knew like the the drag queens he knew those are my favorite scenes in the movie yeah. the first 30 minutes is fun there's oh, yeah. there's comedy there's jokes there's drag queens i'm having a great time and then it starts to i just could not be less thrilled yeah ali is like neutralized through as the story goes on mm-hmm uh, I suppose this is the time where we uh, give our nipples. Let's rate nipple wise. Fi- yes, scale one or zero to five on based on how it treats women. That's right. I'm gonna go with a solid two, I suppose, mm-hmm. where it's a story about a woman, but we don't get to know her that well. The story nope. is told from a man's perspective, both in terms of the Jack main character and the director and, and writers and everything like that. So I think a lot of things that could have been that like the opportunity was there for the movie to comment on, like the fact that women in entertainment are often held to this insane standard of beauty and image that gets mm. touched on, but doesn't go any further than that. Things like Bradley Cooper's character's creepy predatory behavior where she says, no, I can't come to your gig. And he's like, okay, I'll send my driver to pick you up. Um, you can is, shut up. I'll see you soon. Is, is, <laughs> is troubling. Maybe two is too generous because like, I can't really think of anything that makes me think that anything was progressive about this movie. So... <laughs> Yay! Uh, I, I like that there's representation on screen of drag queens. That's awesome. Yes. Um, and so also, like, Lady, it's a Lady Gaga La- movie. Lady Gaga must. is a queer icon. She is She is a literal queer so, I think that every, with the exception of Janet Gaynor, uh, every woman who's ever played this part is a queer icon. Yeah. Streisand and Garland, I mean, yeah, she's in good company. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, that's one last thing I wanted to say about Allie's character that is, like, a standby of this character that makes Lady Gaga such good casting is she's supposed to be a character who is considered a little bit too old to be becoming famous mm. and she has an unconventional like she's not like a model in terms of like and that's why the nose comment and the whole bit and that's, that's right another, yeah yeah 
She's supposed to be like 30 or 31 or two or whatever. Like older. Right. Not older. And, and Lenny Gaga's 32. <sighs> Bitch, she's 32. Bitch, she's Lady 32. I, okay, here's what it... I'll give the movie two nipples because of the scene that's basically an exact replica of a scene from Titanic mm. where in A Star is Born... Allie's behind, like backstage. He's trying to coax her on stage. She'd be like, "Sing your song, or else I'll plagiarize it." And she's like, "No, Jack. No, I couldn't possibly, Jack." And that basically happens she in does. Titanic between Jack and Rose. The name is even the same with Jack. So, yeah, two nipples. I will give both nipples to Lady Gaga because we see her nips in this film. We sure do. I'm gonna give it this version uh, one and a half. Yeah, I uh, can't in good. Con- it's weird because I am gonna see it for a third time, but you know I contain multitudes as well. <laughs> I reserve the right. Uh, yeah, no, it's like uh, it, it is not a story that treats women well. It's never treated women well, and it and as to this version, kind of doesn't update it in the way it treats its female character really at all, which is a bummer because it is 2018 and there's in fact less women involved in the production of this movie than have been involved in past versions. So ultimately, I think by making the alcoholic character more lovable and making the female protagonist taking away her last name, we get no acknowledgement of how this toxic relationship is really affecting her uh, there are only men in her life that's never called attention to. It's like, and then there's a lot of like false setups, like you were saying, Caitlin, of like, she mentions that, you know, she's like not the perfect Western standard of beauty and that's mm-hmm. held her back in the past, but that's never really commented on. And she doesn't seem to mind when they totally change her. And, and you know, there's a few moments of like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but she always does it yeah. aside from her hair. Uh, she always goes through the way that we don't know how she feels about that. Right. Um, and we don't know how she feels about her relationship. She refuses to tell us how she feels about her re- relationship with her father. And so the character is there. There's like an interesting character there, but we just we just don't get at her, mm-hmm. which is too bad. Uh, so I will see it again this week. <laughs> and I'm going to give it one and a half nippies. Give one to Lady Gaga. And then I'm going to give one to um, Bradley Cooper's dog. Sure. Oh, sorry, the other half. <laughs> um, I would give it two. Mm-hmm. I would give an honorary one just for the cinematography. I thought it was just very well shot. Um, no Streisand ass in this one, but you know <laughs> what? I, I just really like that kind of aesthetic where you, when they shoot like music or just even concert that you feel like you're like breathing it, like they get all up in his business, which yeah. I think is an interesting choice. Actually, though, they don't really do it with Lady Gaga as much. They really get into like Bradley's like air. Like you feel like you're like breathing the same areas when he's like playing. But that's from my film school background, you guys. Wow. But the real, the real, I'm really giving it two nips because like Jamie was saying, the whole like male savior vibe of like you needed a man to make it was kind of whatever. Like that's not that interesting of a trope. Like it's kind of like, mm. oh, okay. Okay, like it would have been interesting if I don't know they were a lesbian couple. Who knows? Like they could have mixed it up in some way so it wasn't just like Bradley Cooper's chance to be Bradley Cooper. Like, and everyone kept being like, "Oh, how great he is in the film!" Like, yeah, but he's a great actor. Like, we know he's gonna be fine. Like, we know he'll be able to transform himself. Like, whatever, he'll play a DE agent next time. It's fine. (laughs) He was a different accent. Like, I'm not super moved by that, but like I was very impressed with Lady Gaga because I've never really seen her act before. Like, I didn't watch when she was in American Horror Story or anything like 
like that. Mm. And I thought it was great that she, because I know I've read before in the past that she really struggled for a very long time. Like, I believe she was raped at 19 by a music industry person. And so she, her whole, she's admitted that her whole facade of how she would dress up was just like her hiding like from the world mm-hmm. and like covering up and wearing all this makeup and having all these wigs and having all this like crazy costumes was her distancing her real self from like the madness of like, you know, everyone and people coming at her. And so I thought this was like a very strong role for her to be like completely sans makeup, completely sans anything. And, and it, while it was, you know, it was acting her like growing into this pop star and you kind of see it happening. It was like a very interesting growth to see within a film that you don't really yeah. see you never see like someone becomes like sell out so aggressively like mm. that's rarely that trope is rarely done in films unless you're like watching films specifically about industries like acting or music or whatever so that was cool to see and i really appreciated gaga's work and i'm glad she kept the music as pure to gaga as it could be like her voice mm-hmm. stage didn't try and change it for anything like that <gasps> so that when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that's Lady Gaga. Like, that's yeah. when you know it's Gaga, when she doesn't try and change her voice for anyone and she keeps it how it's how it's always been. She's got that very powerful voice. And I, I was moved by her singing. I think she's an amazing artist and just a performer who knows what she's doing. And yes, I did just watch her Lady Gaga or 5-2 five five documentary, and I highly mm. recommend it because she's it. so... I don't know. You really see her struggle. She has like aggressive like nerve pain that like ruins her everyday life where she'll just be like in a complete and total like just in a coma of pain and can't move. Oh. And it's like she has to deal with a lot of that. And it's all like from PTSD of being like raped and all the anxiety and trauma from her life that her entire body like spasms in complete oh. pain. And she's like gotten through a lot of it now. But I don't know. It, it, she has a very interesting story. And I think it kind of parallels a lot of this storyline of a woman becoming less so she made herself you know by herself and not with the help of a man but like there's an interesting juxtaposition of her turning into this person Mm. and then you know i have this hope that ali slowly turns back around and goes back to her original like artist you know self Mm. so i give one nip to lady gaga and her performance in this film and another nip to shangela from the drag queen crew who Mm. apparently had to be convinced by lady gaga to be in the film and i think her character is so funny in the beginning as like this you know she's just not having it she's not impressed she's like get the fuck out of here i have shit to do (laughs) Uh, she's so funny to the other drag queen who has him sign his tits like she he already signed your tits stop making him sing for you (laughs) and the fact that she was in the virgil is huge yes we've shared a stage with lady gaga yeah i was so great Anyway, that's two nips, one honorary for the cinematography, which really doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, whatever. <laughs> one more point for Lady Gaga. As of today, she uh, wrote a long op-ed about suicide and uh, doesn't directly say it's because of how it's portrayed in the movie, but uh, d- did a great job. Awesome. Uh, so, you know, cleaning up a little bit of Coop's mess, maybe. Sure. Uh, so she's she's just the greatest. She's an ally God, to us all. Ally the ally. Yeah. yeah. Well, Anna... Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, I've had a great time singing and dancing. <laughs> We've all been dancing this whole time. Choreography. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, where can people find you online? What would you like to plug? Uh, you can listen to my podcast with Shereen Yunez, who did the Latin episode of oh, this yeah. show. 
ethnically ambiguous we're on the how stuff works network you can find us on itunes and whatever i i'm a producer here at how stuff works so i also produce the daily zeitgeist which is the daily Dear news and, zeitgeist. yes news and pop <laughs> culture well, sorry yes. everyone. that's our theme song <laughs> uh you know jamie and kaylin have both been on it um I also produce Couples Therapy, which is a really cool new show that I recommend checking out, hosted by Naomi Ekperigan and Andy Beckerman. Two-time alum of the pod. And then I also host an independent podcast called Will You Accept This Rose? It's about the Bachelor franchise, and it's hosted by Arden Marine, and it's a really fun time, and we hang out with Batch peeps. And... Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Anna Hosnier, A-N-N-A-H-O-S-S-N-I-E-H. Woo! You can follow us on social media at Bechtelcast. You can go to our website, Bechtelcast.com. There we have our merch store where you can get all kinds of wonderful goodies. All new designs. Plus some new designs. Check them out. Strong female protagonist. Feminist icon Beetlejuice. Team Dry Scabs and Team Wet Scabs. We've sold one. We have sold one. That's upsetting. Uh, Also, I mean, yeah, keep buying our stuff. Also, go to our Patreon, aka Matreon, and subscribe to that. It's $5 a month. It gets you two bonus episodes every single month also what? we have some live shows coming up we've got november 3rd philadelphia at the good good comedy theater tour dates we have november 4th miles tour dates november 4th in washington dc tour dates as of this recording the venue has not been confirmed but keep tour on dates. look out for that keep ear to the ground for the tour dates november 5th new york city as a part of the new york comedy festival at baby's all right in brooklyn new york more like tours all right we're on the tour so go to bechtelcast.com our live appearances tab will have ticket links to all of those shows so we hope to see you there on our tour otherwise uh thanks for listening uh to our hey. episode hey uh what's all this butter doing here on the counter hey Anna. yeah i just wanted to get one more look at you <laughs> jamie <laughs> yeah i just want to look at you oh thank you so much okay bye, okay. bye. <laughs> infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. 
Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.